Hello and welcome back to Mining Stock Daily with me, Paul Harris. Today we're talking about gold development and production, and I have great pleasure to be joined by Richard Young, President and CEO of Argonaut Gold. Good afternoon, Richard. Hi there, Paul. Great to be with you. Thank you for joining us. And let's start with some very positive congratulations. The Magino build in Ontario, the gold mine in Ontario, that's almost completed. You've you've poured your first gold and you're on track for commercial production in the September quarter. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. It's been a long time coming, a lot of hard work by the team, but we're thrilled to see where we're at today and the path forward. Excellent. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about that path forward in in a moment. But first, uh, maybe we can reflect a little bit on you know perhaps some of the the lessons learned. Um, you, you haven't been in the CEO role for long, so I imagine you did a lot of due diligence before coming on board. Um, I think it was fair to say that uh, Magina was quite a challenge to to, to develop. Um, it cost one CEO his job. It saw the company have to refinance and. Um, issue new numbers on, uh, you know, more than once. Um, what are some of the sort of things you, looking back, some of your takeaways, lessons learned, what went well, what didn't go well, things to do with financing, cost estimations, things of that nature? Well, it's a great question. I, I think really when you look at Magino, the problems that they had prior to my arrival were similar to other projects that have been built in Northern Ontario. You know, the glacial till offers great risk with your earthworks, and that's exactly what happened to Argonaut. It happened at a number of other projects that have been built. And, you know, I think that the one lesson learned is that geotech drilling is cheap and you can never do enough of it. Um, So by the time I joined in December of last year, I didn't really need to do any due diligence because within the industry when you're building a project, your risks are always geotechnical with your earth moving and that was behind the company. Once you get the foundations out of the ground and you start building infrastructure, there's not much risk left with the project other than you know once you build it if it works um, with respect to your mill and there's always a bit as you scale up, you know, as is the rock going to break the way you thought it would? Would your recoveries be what you thought it would be? But, you know, by the time I joined, that risk was largely behind the company. The earthworks were complete. You know, the, the, the forecast had reflected the higher costs. And really, once I joined in December, it was really all about wrapping up the infrastructure that was required to be able to move forward and move into production. So... You know, I would say the risks are were typical to other companies. They just were a little bit larger than some other companies had faced. And I think that you always need to have a really, really strong feasibility study before you put shovels in the ground and make sure that you've locked everything down and maybe there's some areas they thought they would work through during construction that just, you know, unfortunately worked out against the company as they move forward. But on a positive note, you know, Asenko has done an incredible job with the mill. That EPC contract that the company negotiated was fantastic in that it locked in the price. I don't think anyone knew at the time about the inflation that was about to ensue, but unfortunately Asenko had to absorb those additional costs, not Argonaut shareholders. And because it was an EPC rather than EPCM, there were guaranteed 
requirements on how the equipment would operate. So ultimately what happened was Asenko built the Cadillac. So what we're seeing is that even at this early stage, even though we're not putting full power in the mills, we're operating well above design capacity for tons per operating hour. So that's been you know, a great success and uh, a good surprise that we're seeing. I think it's um, obviously it's very good for Argonaut and, and your share price. Uh, I think you're up 7% today on, on your, your results announcement. Uh, um, and it's been a long time coming, some good news for your shareholders. Um, during your results call this morning, you, you talked a lot about, you know, okay, now we can start looking to the future. You, you mentioned a, a $25 million Canadian drilling program at Magino for, for reserve expansion and conserve. Um, conversion and also some uh, looking at some of the more open pitable targets nearby um, which you said uh, could potentially increase the processing capacity or or facilitate an increase of processing capacity from about 10,000 a day up to uh, 20,000 tons per day which could see the Magino produce uh, 200,000 ounces a year. Um, Can you talk us through that a little bit what what you're trying to do there and how you think you'll achieve that? You know, that's a great question. So when when I joined Mark LaDuke and I in in December, the prior management group had been targeting some high-grade material just below the pit bottom. Sorry, the the grade and and the spottiness of the ore body didn't really lend itself to being a great underground. But when the company updated the resource and reserves at year-end, fortunately, it fit into a larger pit. So when you look at measured, indicated, inferred, we have over 5 million ounces in the larger pit at a lower strip ratio than the current reserve, which is about 2.4 million ounces. So once we got those results, we spoke to the board and looked at, you know, we just have a bigger pit. We're not going to have an underground, not at least a shallow underground. So we're moving forward with that program. We raise some flow-through shares in the second quarter and we've begun that drill program and we do believe that there's an opportunity to take reserves from 2.4 million ounces to somewhere between four and four and a half million ounces not just with this drill program but there would be at least one further program and with that larger reserve base we already had a 19-year mine life with the existing process plant and we believe for not a lot of capital we can increase production, as you suggested, so somewhere between 15 and 20,000 tons per day that would take production to somewhere between 200 and maybe even 250,000 ounces per year, which would make Magino one of the 10 largest and lowest cost gold mines in Canada. Now, we refer to that as our blue sky, and we believe that the execution risk on that plan is quite low. And we believe that if we execute, our share price would be a multiple of where the stock is today. But that's only part of the upside or the opportunity at Magino. So we've got a program that may get moved into next year, targeting the deeper underground, similar to our neighbors at Island Gold Alamos' flagship property, that the property is contiguous with Magino, and what they've seen is that below 700 meters, 
grades dramatically improve. Now we've had some earlier drilling below that 700 meter mark with some very good results, but we haven't drilled enough of it to get a sense for whether or not the ore body continues and we've got something similar to our neighbors next door. So that's another opportunity that would further increase the production profile at Magino. And then beyond that, we've got a program along strike. So, you know, we're looking at a large mineralized belt. There's some historic mines to the west of us, which we own, and we've started some preliminary programs on those. And the benefit of those targets is that we're looking at open pit targets within trucking distance where we can really leverage our existing infrastructure. So what I would say is that we're really just beginning to tap the surface of ultimately what Magino is going to be. Thank you, Richard. Now, you mentioned that um, if you're able to expand up to sort of 15, 20,000 tons a day, it doesn't require a great deal of capital. Is that just adding in a, a sort of n- another mill, another part of the processing line, or will that require something more extensive? No, Paul, you're right. So it, simply moving to that 15 to 20,000 tons, all we're looking at is a second ball mill, as well as a gyratory crusher and some other pipes and things like that, but not really significant. It, it's really more of an incremental expansion, and we've got some preliminary numbers from Asenko, and the numbers they've given are 75 Canadian for that work, We're running 75 U.S. for purposes of our blue sky looking at our cash flow requirements. So we're going to begin that engineering work, you know, this quarter as well. So, again, we do believe that the expansion, it was built with the expansion in mind to begin with. And, you know, we don't think it's going to be a significant capital outlay for the returns that we'll get from that investment. When do you anticipate that you'll have all the information from the exploration, the work is doing, et cetera, to be in a position to, to make a decision on that? Probably this time next year. The, the drill program is expected to take 12 to 15 months, and we should have that engineering program wrapped up within the next six. So by this time next year, we should be in a position to make a decision on that. Okay. Now, can I ask you a little bit about um, the company's relationship with its lenders? Because um, it's, it's been, in some ways, quite a, a torrid time, as I say, with the, the, the cost overruns, the company's requirement for more capital. Uh, the lenders so far have been obviously uh, willing to provide that. And you talked about how you had to obtain a waiver on, on, on two of the uh, uh, debt streams um, due to the you know, additional over cost overrun and the fact that there was a, going to be a delay to the startup. Um, originally, you were looking at March this year. Um, are they sort of quite comfortable to sort of continue potentially lending to, to, to do this next step? Or will you be looking to sort of, you know, build your cash position, pay down some of the existing debt before making that next investment decision? <laughs> Uh, again, another great question. So, look, the lender group has been very supportive. When they, when the facility was completed, they understood that there was some element of risk with the project, and they are a very experienced group. They've been through a number of builds. I've worked with them before, 
and really their focus and our focus is on completing the project on plan and ramping up to full production that's what all of our focus is it is not uncommon to have covenant breaches through the course of of um, a project's development at the time that you know the the they sculpted the payments and looked at the covenants it was under a different environment essentially the 45 day delay was largely beyond argonauts control there was a strike and a fatality by one of the subcontractors so there wasn't much that the argonaut management team could do about that but all in all the lending syndicate is very supportive of the company they have been supportive and working with us and uh, you know look there may be when you look at some of the look back covenants there may be depending on where gold prices are some problems at the end of the year or next year but again it, it's not an issue for us we don't expect it to be an issue the focus is really on ramping up to commercial production which is well underway and will happen during this quarter and then ultimately as we move forward and we look at additional capital requirements we may look at refinancing this facility into a, a corporate facility and likely at that time be able to lower the cost of capital with that facility so again it's it's consistent it may be these same lenders part of a different facility will be part of that new revolving credit facility that we might put in place by this time next year. excellent on the call today you said um you're still ramping up to your full workforce and uh, having a bit of trouble there. You said it's, it's difficult to find workers. Why is that? Well, you know, the, the challenge, you know, if you've been in Ontario, is there are construction projects everywhere. Um, and we've got three projects being built in northern Ontario. So there's a lot of competition for skilled workers. Our full complement is 370 employees. We currently have 300. We're short about 10 salaried and 60 operators, and we do believe that as we move through the course of this quarter, we'll be able to fill all those spots. But it has taken time, and part of it is making sure that we hire the right people with the right values and the right background and that will be part of our team. So we just want to make sure we hire good people. So it is taking time, but we will get there. Okay, excellent. Let's sort of change, uh, change location now, if, if I may. Let's talk about Florida Canyon. Uh, you t- you're talking about, uh, you, you spoke this morning, the production there is increasing. I think you said it was up uh, 27% over a year ago. Uh, so going well there, plus a lot more potentially to come, um, particularly with the, uh, the sulfides, that are underneath the oxides that you're currently exploiting. Um, what are you looking to do with the sulfides? Well, you know, first of all, when you look at projects in, in the U.S. Southwest, a lot of the low-grade heap leach don't get a lot of focus, and no one really pays attention to the geology. So the first thing that we've done is we brought in a group of people to look at how we stabilize the operation, and that's really paying dividends. In fact, this last month, the month of July, uh, Florida Canyon actually produced 9,000 ounces, which is a record. Like So the operation's been stabilized, it's moving forward, we've got a great GM. But what we had to do before we started the drill program on the sulfides, what we describe as a proof of concept, um, we needed to really put together all that 30, 
35 years of historic geologic work that's been done, which had never been properly assembled. So we had five or six geolo geologists work on that through the first half of the year. That work was completed by the end of June, and now we understand the structural controls, and we've started that program as of August 1st, and we expect to have that program wrapped up by the end of the year. So similar to other deposits in Nevada, there's a large sulfide under the oxide. So when you look back at Florida Canyon, there's at least five million ounces of oxides that have been mined or are to be mined. And below the water table lies a large sulfide resource. And so we've got a drill program on that. And uh, so the view is, look, we're putting about $4 million into this proof of concept. If that works out, we'll seek to board approval for about $15 million next year to complete a proof of concept. I'm sorry, PEA. And with that PA, if that's successful, then we would move into permitting and a feasibility study. But we do believe there is going to be sulfide production coming from below the oxides. Now, how big it's going to be, we don't know yet, but we're quite excited by the opportunity that we've got at Florida Canyon. And, you know, if you look elsewhere at some of the projects in California and Nevada, where they've really done exactly what we're doing, looked at the structural geology, put a great model together, and then drilled it with some real success. So uh, we're just following what a number of other companies have done before us, so we're not reinventing the mill wheel, but we do think that there's quite a bit of opportunity there. Excellent. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about Mexico. The, you, you've got three mines in Mexico. The, the production there has been uh, winding down, declining. Um, and you spoke this morning about how, in general terms, the company is transitioning away from sort of low-grade uh, short-life assets that you have in Mexico towards uh, longer-life, lower-cost assets in, in Canada and the USA. Um, you, you said you're looking at the alternatives of what to do with your assets in Mexico. So is that a sell process? You're, you're looking to divest those? I, I think so. You know, the, the Mexican asset base has really been the heart and soul of this company for more than a decade. And we wouldn't be where we are today without the contribution that Mexico has made. But what we highlighted on the call earlier today is that when you look at you know our cash flows and how we allocate those cash flows, the returns just aren't there with respect to Mexico just because the size and scale of those operations. As we look at Magino, a 50 or $100 million investment has the ability to generate potentially a billion dollars of NAV for the company. And the same may be true for Florida Canyon. Whereas that same 50 to $100 million in Mexico is not going to generate a significant return on invested capital. So because of that, you know, we've got to look at what the best alternative is for both, first of all, for our employees, because there remains operating life and growth potential within that asset base and first and foremost we want to make sure that we preserve those jobs for our employees for our communities for our suppliers and contractors as well as the revenues to the government so we are looking at exploring 
what's the best path forward for that asset base with the first priority being you know our stakeholders and what's best for them excellent well it sounds like there's certainly a lot more to come from argonaut gold uh, argonaut gold trades on the tsx under ar richard young president and ceo thank you very much for joining us today well paul thank you for your time and that's all for me paul harris stay tuned for more from mining stock daily presented should not be considered investment advice Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.